walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, in this art he is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh. What's up, everybody? It's your boy. It's the what the fuck is on my desk? It's the hardest part of the ring. Got a little jism on my desk, apparently. Um. <laughs> Well, you know, it suits the episode today because we're we're talking about some ACW Extreme Championship Wrestling Heat Wave 1995. Whoo, man! The show's called Heat Wave, but it really should have been called like I don't know, um, Room Temperature Wave. I don't know. I'll think of something funnier and put it in and post. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Heat Wave 1995. It is very much uh, the classic ECW. <laughs> well, it's the classic ECW from what I've watched. So it's very on brand <laughs> based on what I've covered so far. Uh, 94, 95. It's um, man, got. Got Sandman defending the title against Axel Rotten, which like I was kind of excited for because I was like, man, I've watched this. I've watched the journey of Axel with uh, with no E and uh, man, what a wet fart of a <laughs> this show is really just uh, I can't remember if, if we said this in the recording or not, but uh, if I had to describe this show. It was a very monotone show. It was very like, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. I'm not going to step on the toes of what we, uh, it's my fucking, my cat's running wild. I'm not going to step on the toes of what we talk about in the episode, but, um, a lot of the shenanigans that you, uh, love, hate, are indifferent on about ECW in 1995. Wrestling as a whole in 95 is just in a, uh, oof. It's, it's a rough one. I mean, it has its charm uh, at some points, but I mean, Mabel, we got the Dungeon of Doom, and now we got this. We got Luna Vachon versus Stevie Richards in a steel cage match. <laughs> so it's like, we got two steel cage matches on this show. Uh, we got a rerun, <laughs> another hack Myers match that we've already seen before, but if for whatever reason they, they dubbed it great enough to just put on another show and, um, storm and Mike Norman, of course, which I know is why all of you, uh, are tuning in today to hear about. So, um, lots to talk about and we have a good old time with myself and my guest, Kenny from the, a Kenny for your thoughts podcast. 
Um, or, you know, it's, it's I mean, it's it's a, not a defunct podcast. It's a dormant, dormant. It's in hibernation, his podcast. But uh, still very active on Twitter. So go follow Kenny on Twitter at AKFYT Wrestling. Follow him on Instagram as well. Same handle, I believe. Uh, all his info in the description below. Uh, a great follow on the social medias. And uh, you know, go listen to his podcast uh, retroactively. He's, he's, a, he's a good boy, this Kenneth. So uh, go check that out. And uh, yeah, check me out. Apronbump.com for all my full episodes as well. If you like uh, the ECW, uh, I suggest you... Steve, or whatever, um, <laughs> go to uh, apronbump.com. Uh, you can go to the episodes tab at the top and you can select ECW and that'll bring you to all of my ECW shows that I've covered thus far. Star- starting all the way back from November to remember 1994, all the way, every show up till now. Uh, or, you know, go to your fa- whatever podcast platform tickles your pickle search for ECW, however you want to do it. But um, I've talked a lot about ECW on this podcast and it's always a good time. So go check that out. Uh, You know, maybe buy a shirt if you fancy a little apron bump action Uh, feels good on your skin and your nipples. So uh, check that out on my social media. Plug in, plug it away. They call me pluggy plugster, huh? (laughs) Oh, um, I'm sorry. I'm very, uh, (laughs) I don't like doing these when the softest part of the ring is here. I feel like a silly goose when I'm talking to myself, which ultimately I'm doing. Uh, it's like if I'm talking to somebody in an episode, I don't know if I'm on the phone with somebody. I'm talking to a person. But here it's like, yep, <laughs> go, here's the show, folks. I feel like a silly goose sometimes. So if I seem a little, uh, a little on anal here, that's why. Um, but. That was not the case for the episode, so let's get to it. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? ECW Heat Wave 1995 with myself and Kenny from the uh, Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. Or he's just a guy. Or he's kind of hanging out now. You can probably find him on the street um, in Paducah, Kentucky. I think he hangs out at the local pinball arcade, so you can probably find him there. Is that a shirt? Hey, nice shirt, huh? What are the odds? (laughs) Pandas and the same wrestling shirt. God, we look fucking repulsive. Just two Pacific Island Asians with two pandas and the same shirt. That's where Cambodian, or you're not Cambodian. Fuck, what is it? Hold on. Give me a second. Filipino? I'm Filipino. You're not Filipino, right? No, I'm Malaysian. Malaysian. I'm right door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other. Mexican Asian, um, <laughs> right? That's why we look Spanish. Yes, exactly. We're both Wheeler Yudas. So, right. <laughs> you know, if you combine us into one specific wrestler, we'd be Wheeler Yuta. <laughs> Dude, maybe I if we just lose a couple pounds, though, brother, we're, uh, we're getting yeah, a little, a little up there, you know. Uh, you know, there have been like at least like three <laughs> or four people, independent of you, that have told me I look like Wheeler Yuta, just like for right. no reason. I but that's why you got so pissed off at me because I, I think I was like the first person, but like you, I yeah. think was it you that called me Wheeler Yuta? Yeah, and I then still I was think just you like look more like Wheeler Yuta right. than I do. And then I was like, "You look like Wheeler Yuta, not me." And then, uh, and then, yeah, no one's called me Wheeler Yuta since. So, no, you're just uh, who do you get called? Who's the Indian guy from Impact? 
Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Rajit. <laughs> Raj- Raj- yeah, yeah. That, that's you, Raju. Yeah, that's me. Spot on. Spot on. Rohit. There it is. That's why I got it messed up. Rohit Raju. There it is. God bless you. <laughs> uh, you. But the real question is, uh, which one of us looks more like Hack Myers? <laughs> uh, I hope for our sakes, none of us. Yeah, that's uh, oof. we need a little shave one side of our head and uh, smell. So look like a hack. Get it? Oh, because that's his diss- name. <laughs> right. It was a diss in the nineties, right? Like you look like a hack, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was. So it was right. Whoop! There it is. Yeah. Did you ever say that back in that? Because you're you're a bit older than I am. So did, did you ever am like? Did, that was like two cold Scorpios <laughs> thing. I think you would like end his promos thought- with. Whoop, there it is. So I what? thought Public Enemy did that crap, too. I think they all did, actually. Now I'm thinking about <laughs> it. Man, the uh, the Peacock version. You, you you quickly realize how little pu- how little value Public Enemy has without their theme song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I actually, I think you had, you know, well, no, somebody, I won't say who, had sent me the original link uh, to the original airing, I should say. And I wanted to watch mm. that. And I, in hindsight, I probably should have. I, I ended up watching the Peacock version because uh, yeah. no, I love nothing more than to dabble with the cock. Yes. And, uh, you know, better quality, everybody. better quality television. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, I feel like a lot of that show was cut, uh, cut out. Well, it was like version. it was like the same length, so I'm pretty sure it was like the same stuff, just okay, dubbed over music enough. and maybe some stuff bleeped out. But um, yeah, you, that link that that person sent you, um, it's usually like not that bad of quality. But I t- I clicked on, on and it was like in one ear and it was up my ass and it was the whole thing. So I was like, can't do that. Well, I'm jealous. Yeah, so I went to the Peacock instead. Speaking of which, so you are engaged now. I have a girlfriend now. What's going on? Oh, yeah. I feel like we're just got a couple of bears in our lives. And uh, right. And we got I can barely stand it. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, <laughs> good, good. We're almost out of this pandemic. Hey, right. Right. It's been pandemonium. <laughs> right. It's. A uh, good thing I'm not looking at you in panoramic, panoramic view. Damn right. it. Oh, that, was be, good. Uh, that was good. That was good. Um, yeah. Um, I got nothing. I'm done. I, you won. This is the first set. This is a 30 minute segment of uh, the April <laughs> podcast. So I'm going to need you to think of some more. Well, well, we did watch ECW Heatwave 95. Yeah. So we're, we're going to have to fill this time with something right now because that was a it was an interesting show. It was uh, it was something. <laughs> By the way, did you see the title of this the room in, that we're in here? I didn't. Meat Wave ninety five. Yeah, because hey. it's like I get it. Sean Stasiak. Did you see my name on the? I don't know if people can see what name I chose for this. Big Ken Puccio. That's uh, Big Ken Puccio. That's right. You you a big Val Puccio guy? I am. I am probably the uh, the only person uh, who's president of the Val Puccio fan club here in Florida. Oh. It's just really just me, some Kool Aid, and some Oreos every month. Wow. Talking about a promo that he did on Hack Myers. Man, the, the Florida subdivision of the uh, Valpuccio fan club. That's got to be... Uh... Well, you get the mailers, right? Every month? Uh, yeah, they're, I got them somewhere. They're in my basket hey, of junk mail. Hey, yo, I'd send you one. Yo, <laughs> That's that's my Valpuccio impression, which is, is not good. <laughs> Wait, how do you... Do? Did he cut a promo on this show? Well, we'll get there. Okay, you know what? Well, no, well, he, he didn't. He didn't. 
But I, I'm a bigger ECW fan than I let on. Uh huh. I know I've never done an ECW show with you, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm from New York. I used to, I was a bad kid, so I stayed up till two a.m. to wa- trying to watch a friend seen six thousand dollar breasts. <laughs> <laughs> the most expensive thing on the show. Uh, so yeah, you were because you were uh, were you watching like during this time in '95? No, like, like, honestly, I wasn't watching during this time. So I kind of had to go back and, and, you know, I'm talking about uh, in later years, I had to kind of go back and watch this stuff. But uh, I probably came in around 96 more 97. Uh, but I came in, I would say peak ECW that would to me, that's peak ECW because mm-hmm. you see a quality difference in this show compared to like, even 96 heat wave or 97 heat wave, right? It's like, vastly different. Yeah, because 96 played after this and I saw like a few seconds of it and I was like man this is like a whole different thing right and that's actually why I made that joke about Francine's boobs because she says something like that of like that suit how much did that suit cost you and then she's like not as much as these six thousand dollar breasts or yeah. something so yeah so how much tits cost I, apparently 1996 dollars that's how much tits mm. cost can someone can someone watching or listening to this right now go run that back what that is in 2022 dollars please yeah, thank you get back to me call call in if you know yeah. um right. but one eight hundred uh what's the ECW hotline shit oh man do, do they have nine nine one one probably right hey come on call nine one one man I'm just unloading some foreshadowing all over this right here right. um <laughs> got anything to say no I was actually trying to Google ECW's hotline because it was like one. ECW I wonder if it's hotline. still active. It's just fucking uh, Bill Alfonso in a closet somewhere. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Daddy. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, ECW was the greatest thing ever, but Daddy, woo! Like I don't know, he's probably still on crack somewhere. But it, I don't think that's how I he talks. Bill. But okay, huh? Are you ready to rage in the cage? <laughs> you don't know how Bill Alfonso talks. He talks like this. Like I'm this, gonna Daddy. shut this whole show down. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Let's, which segues us into the opening <laughs> of ECW. Man, this guy hasn't Heatwave. podcasted in five years, but he still knows how to how to segue into something. That's right. That's right. Man, well, uh, that impression deserves some booze, but man, the booze that Bill Alfonso got in uh, the beginning of this show were, uh, Jesus Monster Christ. Monster heat. I mean, he's Monster still like, relatively new at this point. Um, this is probably like his third or fourth show or something, but like, people were like throwing beer cans in the ring well, and for context, right? He had been like a, a referee for the WWF and, and had done some other things backstage. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he's like on, on air with, uh, ECW now. Uh, so like you said, I mean, this guy knew heat, I mean, no, no pun intended heat wave 95, but nice. Yeah. Like. Holy crap. I, the reaction he gets, like, you would have thought Sammy Guevara walked out in front of <laughs> AEW fans. Uh, <laughs> topical. But yeah, he's like, yeah, like he's, he's very much like represents the WWE kind of mindset, I guess. He hates the extreme stuff, which is like, mm-hmm. and we, because this isn't peak ECW, but this is very much no. a period where they're like trying to figure out what their identity is because they're still only like, I don't know, eight or nine months after their rebrand into extreme championship wrestling. So right. it's like a whole different mindset that it's they're working out the kinks, I guess. But uh, yeah, right. Bill Alfonso is kind of the antithesis of what uh, ECW is supposed to be at this point. And then 
So Bill Alfonso, he's talking that you can't really hear any of the promos on the show, but he's he's saying something. No, it was hard. <laughs> it was hard to hear anything on the show, and that's I think that's why it took me out of it. Which you know, kudos to like all these other wrestling companies, even like independent wrestling companies nowadays. Like yeah. the, the technology that we have now, it's like you could still hear. Mm-hmm. You know, promos from like indie shows that are recorded on an iPhone. But back in these days, I'm like, they're using actual equipment. You could barely, the mixing is horrible. You know? Yeah, it's rough. But uh, yeah. whatever he's saying, I'm sure it's, I'm sure I would boo it as well. Um, so Todd Gordon well, if, gets in the ring. What would you say if you were Bill Alfonso? If what? If, like if just I was just, say, yeah. Well, I'm, welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I got some pandas. Let's. <laughs> Let's suck each other's dicks. I don't know. Um, I like it. <laughs> couldn't think of anything, so I just revert to penis. Um, speaking of penises, we got two of them in the ring here. Uh, Todd Gordon, <laughs> I'm assuming. I don't know. Uh, Bill Alfonso and Todd Gordon. So Todd yeah. Gordon is uh, pretty much just the on-screen uh, commissioner, I guess. I think it was his right. title. The, the owner of ECW. Yeah, the commissioner. Commissioner Todd Gordon is exactly what they called him. Yeah, of course. And uh, so I, amongst like the, the muffled noise that you can hear them talking about Shane Douglas, who uh, just recently left ECW and is uh, at this point, Dean Douglas. Were you a fan of uh, either iteration of Mr. Douglas here? Uh, Dean Douglas, I hated with a passion, but Shane Douglas is a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I mean, if, if you watch later stuff, the franchise is just amazing on commentary when he's injured and stuff like that he did really well on the mic which i think he's an underrated talker i think a lot of people forget how good someone like a a shane douglas was and how pivotal he was to the history of ecw right i feel like he gets lost in that conversation yeah Uh, i mean just from what i've seen because i saw a little bit of shane before the show and i mean he's like i don't know maybe just in comparison to everybody else on the show but he like as far as mike skills go he's yeah. 500 levels above everybody so right and he's and he looks the part too he looks yeah. like he belongs in a big federation you know not to take a shot at ecw but like he stands out like a sore thumb you know so they called him the franchise for a reason yeah um massive cock by the way massive cock. yeah yeah wait what i was no, uh, the Peacock Network has oh. become massive <laughs> WWE subscribers in the last year. What you said, like, yeah, yeah, Shane Douglas, big cock, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a well-known fact. Uh, right. But uh, so, so you can't really hear anything, but they're kind of jaw-jacking back and forth because it's like a power struggle between Bill Alfonso and Todd Gordon. Right, and the whole the new regime versus the old regime and the new style versus mm. the old style kind of stuff. So, yep. yeah. Uh, so Bill, he uh, he gives Todd a count of 10 to get out of his ring or he's going to shut this whole thing down. And he gets to around five. And then I'll shut a, it down, daddy. You know. Yeah. He's not yeah. Dusty Rhodes. No, Dusty Rhodes is more like this, baby. Okay, that's fair. Wait, so, wait, so, <laughs> do your first impression again. <laughs> I said, I'll shut, it, I'll shut it down, daddy. That's somebody. It's like Luna Vachon more so. No, Luna the shot is more like this. All right, we'll have more Luna later. So don't, <laughs> don't burn your fucking throat out before we get there. That's all new I'm here. Huge spear from Todd Gordon. Just just yeah. probably the most impactful move on this entire card. Crowd's into it. Uh, and Bill Alfonso. Crowd's hot. At this point, yeah, they are. The crowd's hot, yeah. It's Well, it's a heat wave, kind of. They're all hot. That's why they're 
almost all of them are shirtless. So Bill Alpha. Nope. <laughs> no, they were though. They like did you see them? They were in the they, like most of the guys oh, were I shirtless. Okay. Oh, I know. Take your shirt off. Okay. So <laughs> Um so what happens here is yeah, Todd gets thrown out, suspended, I guess. Um I was hoping we'd get a match between these two. I mean, you had the cage set up. You might as well throw these guys in the cage. But when did Todd get pushed out of ECW? Because I know there was a time period where he was thought to be the stooge of of uh, ECW for WCW, mm. and he got pushed out, and Paul Heyman kind of went into charge. And I'm wondering if this like pseudo suspension or anything was the do, yeah. him doing that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't research. It seemed pretty definitive. So this very well could have been that part. Um, but honey, you got a big storm coming. Then for this first match here, it's Mikey Whipwreck versus Stormin Mike Norman. Stormin Norman. What's your favorite? You could have Stormin Norman match. <laughs> you could have seven matches or just one. And then here we are at match number one yep. with Stormin Norman, which at first, I'm not going to lie, I was half paying attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, Lance Storm? And then I forgot because I'd forgotten about Storm and Norman. So that's to tell you uh, my favorite Storm and Norman match. So you don't have one? <laughs> okay. No. Any other Storm? Tony Storm, Lance Storm, um, t- t- Tim Storm, anybody? Screaming Norman Smiley. Yeah. <laughs> Man, just put them all in a battle royal and see what happens. Right. Right. I'm going for the Screaming Norman Smiley just because big wiggle. What you doing there? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Rubbing so- the Ultimate Warrior apparently. <laughs> So, so what? So I, I'm not very familiar on the Storm and Norman fellow, but this crowd seems to hate his guts. Hey, who, who is this guy? Huh? With, the, with the, the, the storm, with the storm and uh, the thunder and the lightning, huh? I felt or that of it that is screaming. That is Storm and Norman. Yeah. I I felt Art Art Donovan coming out of you. Just like that, that sense. You were face palming before I even started the impression. <laughs> I heard the stupid ass giggles, like oh god. Um, but this match is pretty much Storm and Norman, uh, just just beating the shit out of Mikey Whipwreck. As per any Mikey Whipwreck match, as I per guess. Usual. Uh, you get a cool little Asai uh, like Phoenix splash from Mikey, springboard version to the outside. And uh, Mikey ends up winning, though, with the Franken-Mikey. Franken-Mikey. <laughs> is that what he calls it, or does Joey Styles try to pop himself? Uh, it'll probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Joey Styles, I, I want to say, and this is no disrespect to Joey Styles. I love Joey Styles. He's a guilty pleasure. Love him as a commentator. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely like a sign of the times during this show. Yeah. Because he is definitely... Talking about like women a lot, talking about certain things. I don't like, man, this is a different society, man. That's what ECW yeah. was very special promotion because it's like, can't do some of the stuff they do now. Yeah, Joey Styles has some, uh, some, some quote. It's a very quotable show for Joey Styles, but I'm, I'll say yeah. it's, it's nothing worse than Jerry Lawler in WWF. I mean, I would say Lawler's Absolutely. probably more vulgar in 95 than Joey Styles was, but I agree. I can agree with that. Yeah. Talking about Medusa's. Big nose and how she has a horse face and Bertha Faye and oh god, it's the whole thing. Oh, yeah, Jerry Lawler was a again can't happen again. Yeah, <laughs> some things don't change, but uh, right. yeah. So Mikey Whipwreck gets the win over over the storm. Any other thoughts on this banger of an opener? No, 
I barely watched it only because I was just like, I I know why Mikey Whipwreck, obviously, but I'm like Storm and Norman. I just had no experience with. Yeah, I mean, you didn't miss anything. I mean, <laughs> like the crowd chants are probably the most notable. It's like, you suck dick, uh, asshole. It's like, this guy has so much heat. I've never heard of this guy in my life. But everybody seems to hate Mike Norman. So, right. Fuck Mike Norman, I guess. The, uh, <laughs> the, the, the summary of this episode is fuck Mike Norman. Right. Fuck Mike Norman. But uh, we got some gold on the line in this next match. The ECW tag team titles are on the line. We got the champions, Raven and Stevie Richards versus Don E. Allen and the Broad Street Bully. Tony Stetson. Tony Stetson. Uh, he's you a hockey fan at all, Kenny? Uh, big, big Ken Puccio? No, no, not really. <laughs> so this didn't resonate with you when he when he when the Broad Street Bully throws off his gloves and starts punching him. Or did you even catch that? He was going going for a brawl. Yeah, because he's a hockey guy. Do you get it? Well, he, I the, I watch come I, off. I watch and play hockey. I, I I don't know hockey as in like I don't know stats. Right. But yes, it it did, did it resonate with me? No, because the two of them were jobbers. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> You give some goddamn respect to Don E. Allen. Right. But for the love of God, this was the Stevie Richards and Ravens show on Heatwave. Oh, man. It was like, I mean, the show's like roughly two hours. I would say at least an hour is dedicated to these two plus Tommy Dreamer and Luna Vachon. Right. And I would, so I was almost like something I almost, almost wanted to talk about. I'm like, man, do they, is it that they don't do shows like that anymore? Or was this a rarity because I don't remember people being involved in like three segments the way they were two different matches. Yeah, it was it was like were they missing some stars and they had to kind of fill some time or was this just like they're gonna well, put this storyline throughout the whole show? Actually, so I was curious about that as well because there's actually a match on here that is a mm. rerun of a previous show. So they literally just plucked a match mm. from another show and put it in this show. So I'm wondering, like you said, like were people just not available? Like did the heat wave? I mean, because there's a legitimate like heat wave at this point in 95. It, right. Did yeah. that cause trouble? Like were people dying of heat stroke and like sand <laughs> or Sabu couldn't make it or, you know, what is it? But, um, we also have people like Shane Douglas going to WWF. So, I mean, it's possible. Maybe people are leaving the company and I could have done research on it, but didn't really care enough to, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, like, uh, likewise. Yeah. <laughs> um, I learned from the best. But yeah, we right. got a uh, Raven and Richards here. And if uh, if you if you don't like if you're listening and you don't care about Raven or Stevie Richards, we'll just shut this shit off now because it's mostly what we're gonna be talking about. Exactly. Um. <laughs> but uh, so so uh, of course Raven and Stevie Richards, it's, it's pretty much a squash match. Uh, you get a Raven effect on both of them, both Don E. Allen and Tony Stetson. Uh, but as this is happening in the ring. Stevie makes his way to the outside to his admirer in the crowd, a.k.a. Francine. Right. I was like, I had to run this back because I forgot this was how she debuted in ECW. Mm -hmm. And I had to run it back and be like, is that Francine? It sure, sure is. Fun fact, she was also a photographer at some random WCW show I watched from like 92. Really? Yeah. So I've just... A lot of Francine spottings uh, recently for my WWE Network watching. Man, you, so that's what you did your research on, is where Francine has popped up. That's right. Has popped out, right? Right, right. Oh. <clears throat> so we got uh, Stevie Richards <laughs> and Francine making out on the outside. Uh, Beulah 
Beulah McGillicuddy does does not <laughs> partake in this. The the brother of Michael McGillicuddy, uh, it's not like this. And uh, so we get a cat fight between Beulah and Francine because you know women. That's what ECW. they do. Right. Women be crazy, right? So, right. Apparently, according to ECW, <laughs> <laughs> it's really. I mean, she probably should have worn better undergarments for this cat fight because I don't know if she realized, but you, we could see all of her bosoms and underwear and everything but again yeah. i don't know if something tells me ecw might have planned this, this no way. i think I, I, it was a little crass for my taste so i, right. I, I don't think right. they would they would stoop to that level <laughs> but as this is all happening raven's like cut the malarkey steve and uh they're counted out as this is happening so the jobbers win by count out which there's count outs in ecw i don't know um Remember, they're figuring it out right now. Yeah, it's a tra- very transitionary period. So, but uh, they attack the jobbers after, even though I mean they're still like dead and lifeless in the ring. But they just continue to beat down. <laughs> but then in come the pit bulls, who have been at odds because they formerly were aligned with Raven and Stevie Richards, but they uh, turned on them at the last show uh, due to all the disrespect they've been shown. And uh, so the pit bulls they were come over, in though. They were like that oh, reaction man. was pretty good when they they came out like the the pit bulls. Uh, one thing I want to note on this show is like what I noticed was like hmm, and I don't want to shit on things, but please. One thing I noticed is like even the worst guys or the guys we may not remember as like top guys, mm-hmm. they were of a certain level even in ECW. Yeah. I feel like in today for lack of a better term, you don't see the realism and the like grittiness that you see back then where like everybody was relatively good on the roster. Yeah. And it's not a shot at WWE or AEW or any specific company, but it's just like the work rate is probably is what I want to point out is a lot better. Even in like the next match we'll talk about, like it, the work rate's amazing for guys who don't necessarily look like they should ha- be good workers. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a ton of guys on this card who are like, like when you think of ECW, you don't necessarily think of Hack Myers, but the dude is right. like uh, the star. He's he's the, the a phenomenon. This Hack Myers is. Um, but before we get there, mm-hmm. so the Pitbulls are here to, uh, you know, fight with Richards and Raven. Then the Dudleys come in to fight the Pitbulls. Wait, let's so let's point out though. Yes, this is the Dudleys before Bubba's there. The white Dudleys. before Devon's there. So yeah. this is what Dudley Dudley and who else? Snot Big Dick Dudley. Oh, Snot Dudley. Big Dick is here as well. Yeah, Big Dick is there. The next so, show we get dances with Dudley. Dances with Dudley. So should we, should we recap the Dudley storyline and kind of tell people what was going on here? Honestly, I mean, are you talking about like going forward or before this? Before this, just to explain where we're at with the Dudley story. <laughs> Well, so this is the Dudleys actually debuted on the last show, and it right. was uh, it was these two, it was Snot and Dudley, and I think they fought the Pitbulls if I remember correctly. I could be wrong on that, but I believe they beat the Pitbulls, and that was kind of what drove the Pitbulls because it was Raven and Richards distracted them, and it was a whole thing. But yeah, we're we're at the very beginning here. Um, right at this point, of it's only Dudley. Dudley folklore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're at the the root of all of it. Um. I, I have, like, very vague knowledge of the Dudleys and all of their family so, history. let's talk. Please. Let's talk. This is why I wanted to point this out. Because yeah. this is, again, we're in the infancy. The Dudley storyline was that Daddy Dud- Big Daddy Dudley was a wrestler that would go from territory to territory. Mm-hmm. And he would sleep with a local. And 
out nine months later, she'd pop out a little Dudley. Uh huh. So the storyline is that all these Dudleys kind of came together to wrestle, but that's why you had like Big Dick Dudley. You know, you'd have someone from Syracuse, you'd have someone from Alabama. Mm-hmm. I think that's where Bubba comes in, where he's supposed to be the Alabama one with like a stutter and the hillbilly kind of the of the group. Then of course, you know the I don't remember how Joey Styles said it, but it was like you know he got some of the chocolate, so Devon came in. Like that's like they said some shit like that, yeah. and so Devon comes in, and then like you know it's it's. The stupidest storyline, yet at the same time, it's so ECW, and it's right. so perfect because it, they created a band of misfits that had a sto- that storyline made sense to be together. Like it is stupid, but at the same time, I commend like the effort put forth. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's just like okay, we don't know what the fuck to do with him. Make him a Dudley. Sure, why not? Let's we see what he does. Shirts. Yeah. Right, <laughs> little Spike Dudley, LSD. You know what I mean? That's uh, why he did the acid drop. Uh, you know, so these little little stupid things, little quirky things that ECW would do. But I, the only reason I wanted to mention that in such detail is because I feel like, you know, uh, with WWE obviously being the machine that it is, it's like we kind of lose that storyline and we only know the Dudley boys as like the TLC guys and Bubba and Devon. Right. You know, so we forget about this whole storyline that happened before Bubba and then eventually Devon came into play. Yeah, aren't like Bubba and Devon like at odds in the beginning? Like they don't like each other yeah. and they align. So so specifically, you know, Devon comes in like a like a Samuel L. Jackson type character, you know, that's where he gets the thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt it's kinda like a pulp right. fiction kind of thing. Reverend Devon. And Devon basically says you're all being silly. So he was a serious Dudley. He was the one that was just like, No, you're all acting stupid, like, you know, I'm gonna bring some seriousness to the group. And then eventually he, yeah, was at odds with Bubba. Mm-hmm. And then they become like a faction together and they go after the other Dudleys, hence like him against, you know, Spike and things like that. Mm-hmm. So they became like the serious Dudleys, if you will. Man, so, so a, there's a, a Dudley whole story Civil War. The Civil War right. of Dudleys, man. Correct. Yeah. And now even continue in WWF. I think, did we? Because mm-hmm. it was like 2001 where like Spike, it was like Spike versus the other Dudleys. And right, T- TNA, right. I think even they did stuff with that. Like, was- yeah, Brother Runt and stuff. So, I mean, they they kind of continued that. But, like, yeah, the Dudleys is, like, a cool little spot of history in ECW. Man, they just fight forever, huh? Right, right. Speaking of AEW's first video game, <laughs> where does... <laughs> so, <laughs> no, this, this segment is hilarious because... So, the Pitbulls make a run in, then the Dudleys, then Dreamer... And then the Broad Street Bullies awaken from his, his beatdown. He's like, hey, we won this match. I want a rematch. And then Raven's back, and he kicks the shit out of both of them again. And right. then here comes the Pitbulls again. And here comes the Dudleys again. And here comes Dreamer. And it's like they replayed the same exact segment the over. The same scenario. They just reran it. They were like, we'll edit this in post, but they didn't. Yeah. No. It was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's take two two takes. We'll keep the best one. But they just kept both right. Uh, but it ends with Tommy Dreamer giving a DDT to Raven. Then you got Francine coming in. She attacks one of the pit bulls, and then Beulah's back in. There's another cat fight. Now it's in the ring. And now Big Dick Dudley's out here, takes out Dreamer. And uh, I wish I could say we were over. <laughs> this was over, but it is very much not. So, uh, right. But yeah. Um, but but <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to a, uh, a barn burner. Match of the night. <laughs> we got Hack Myers, the Shaw of ECW, 
versus Big Mally Valpuccio. <laughs> so again, this is the match. I don't know if I mentioned which match it was, but this is the match that happened at the last show. And for whatever reason, they were like, you know what? That was gold. Let's just run that back one Let's more just game. Run this again. And uh, so yeah, <laughs> this match. There's so Valpuccio for anybody who's not a uh, familiar on the pooch. So he's a he's he's five hundred and ten. Pa- you got a problem. <laughs> 510 pounds, this Valpuccio, uh, which seems like a shoot weight to me. Um, <laughs> I, I think they probably were underselling it a little bit. That <laughs> yeah. man was big. Because he's not a short man either. It didn't seem like it was. No, no, he's a big guy. And Hack Myers is a big guy. He's a big guy. Much, But much less, what I'm saying is that he dwarfs Hack Myers. Yeah. And uh, so this match, this is what the match is. And by the way, first of all, it's like I, this match came on and like cut to this match. I was like, God, why are these guys wrestling again? And then I heard Joey Styles make the same like 510 pounds. How, how does he weigh himself? What do you get on a bathroom scale? I don't think so. And then uh, he's what does he says? He says uh, something about WCW Saturday night and being a cure for insomnia. Um, but I was like, oh, wait, he made he's either <laughs> just redoing the same joke or this is the same thing. And it, it was indeed the same thing. <laughs> But uh, this match is pretty much so Val Puccio will hit Hack Myers with something like a splash in the corner. And then he'll jaw jack with the crowd for, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. And then he'll do it again. And uh, ultimately, the finish comes when Val Puccio goes for an elbow drop, but he misses. And Hack Myers just lazily puts his arm over and gets the one, two, three. So the Shaw gets the win here and uh, continues his run of dominance in extreme championship wrestling. Thoughts? So. The reason I had a, I knew a promo from this is because I don't remember if it was a ECW, the ECW Rise and Fall DVD or something where they were talking about promos and they cut to like, you know, hey, we used to do the promos in the basement, Paul Heyman's mom, mm-hmm. and it's Valpuccio. And the reason I know it's for this match or at least this feud is because, you know, he's at, looking at the camera and you can hear Paul Heyman in the background. He's looking at the camera. He goes, hey, yo, hack. And then Paul Heyman's going, more. He's like, hey, oh, hack. He's like, more. Hey, oh, hack. Let me tell you something. And it's like Paul <laughs> Heyman got Val Puccio to freaking cut an amazing promo on Hack Myers because he kept telling him more. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And like fired him up. Uh-huh. And, I, and it was just like what I wanted to point out was like the genius of Paul Heyman. He could make someone like Val Puccio look amazing. Now, speaking of looking amazing, this is the match that I was kind of talking about. These two don't look like they should work. Uh, be good workers but Hack Myers is moving so amazingly for a big guy in this match that I actually mm-hmm. took a step back and went you know this was like a no nothing match in, in ECW and even this work rate was just amazing you could tell Val Puccio at his size was trying his damnedest to have right. a good match and so I was just like you know kudos to both of them because this match had no business being good and yet <laughs> right. it was decent you know I mean yeah they're definitely there's something there. I don't, I don't know if I'd go as far to say that they're great workers, but I, I see what you're saying. I said good okay, workers. Hold good. on. No, not they're great. Good. Not great. No, you're you're you thought this was five stars. You told me. I did. Four and a half. Let's not. Meltzer right. would be pissed if I gave it five. Just because it was in North America. I understand. Right. In North America. It's not in the, you know, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But <laughs> <laughs> so that we cut back to the current day show. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, man. I didn't get quite enough Raven and Dudleys uh, before. Well, I'm here to uh, 
supplement that with a six-man tag match. Got the we got <laughs> Raven and the Dudleys, of course, Dudley Dudley and Snot Dudley, versus the Pitbulls, which is of course is a team of Pitbull number one, <laughs> and Pitbull number two. Hmm. How long do you think Paul Heyman took to come up with that? Or maybe this was a Todd Gordon creation here. Yeah, it sounds like a Todd Gordon uh, initiative here. Uh, Tommy <laughs> Dreamer's here as well. Uh, to call this a match would be kind of uh, generous. It's more of just like a brawl around the ring. Uh, Bill Alfonso comes out uh, at some point. Cause daddy. Just, daddy. Uh, yeah, I'm shutting this down. This gotten out of hand is basically <laughs> what he says. And... Um, well, I don't know if he shuts it down or if what happens because it just like cuts. Say my panda. It cuts, and the match I guess gets restarted. Uh, you get a super bomb from the pit bulls to Stevie, uh, which prompts Francine once again to get back <laughs> in there and give Stevie mouth to mouth, according to uh, Joey Styles. The fact that Stevie Richards got an hour on this show at least, and it's a two-hour show. Stevie Richards. Not to say he was bad. Yeah. Not to say he was bad. I'm just saying. He was like Raven's lackey at this time. Oh, and he got so. a considerable amount of time. He's like, he played the role very well, though, Stevie Richards yeah, at this did. point. I mean, pretty he much, did. I mean, throughout his entire career, I mean, he's very underrated, in my opinion. Underrated, right. Which is why he he's in No Mercy. Is he? You don't know the joke about Stevie Richards and No Mercy? I think you might have told me this, but go ahead and refresh my memory. So I think the joke is like in story mode, they had, I want to say, the big show. Or somebody in featured very prominently, and then right. he gets sent back down to OVW or something like that, and they need to replace him in the game or felt the need to, so he got replaced with like Stephen Richards. Ah, I see. Right to censor Stephen Richards, so he became like a it became a joke of like need to dub over something Stephen Richards. <laughs> um, but Francine, which and- is what they did in the show, they just <laughs> yeah exactly they were again ECW's ahead of the curve as right. always. Always more the more Stevie the better. That's what I always say. Um, so Francine, Stevie, they're tangling tongues or whatever is happening in the ring. Uh, then in comes Beulah again. But by, by golly, we got another cat fight. Cat fight. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> uh, then we get another super bomb. This time to Snot Dudley, and uh, the Pitbulls get the win. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like. Hardest part of the ring. That's a very confusing way you just described what happened there. Well, it's even more confusing when you watch it because it's just a lot of nonsense happening. Uh, but I guess yeah, the Pitbulls win. It's not. It's not a. It's ECW. It's a clusterfuck at best in this whole this whole pay per view. Yeah, this whole show is just like. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's nonsense. But we're we're only at the tip of the iceberg here. Uh, but any, any other thoughts? I mean, we're going to touch on them a little bit more, I guess, probably later in the we're, show. But uh, No, no, it's okay. If we're going to touch them later, then I don't really need to touch them now. That's, that's that's your motto. That's your life's motto. That's Francine's motto with Stevie Richards. Touch it, touch them later? Well, I touch them all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's a different one. Yeah. It's a very different one. But I'll tell you who I'd like to touch. It's Dean Malenko. <laughs> so we got a uh, tag team match here. So <laughs> this... F- Okay. The so Ice Man. The Ice the Ice Man is here. Man of a thousand holds. It's only like three. Um so <laughs> ECW would always have like a bunch of shit. Then always would have like one really good wrestling match. But for whatever reason, 
they felt the need to cut this match. Cut this one, right? That's what I was just going to say. I was like, what irritated me is I. this was the one I perked up for, right? Like, I'm sitting there yeah. and I'm like, I'm excited to watch, what was it, Taz and Eddie Guerrero yeah. versus Dean Malenko and Two Cold Scorpio. Yes. So I'm I'm just excited. I'm like, these are four of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I'm like, I'm going to pay attention. And then it just cuts. And then it just cuts. And I'm like... Yeah, we left Hack Myers on the on the, uh, the on the damn card, but <laughs> this match, no, no, this match is the one that had to be cut. Not only did we leave, it, it's not we left Hack Myers on the card. We cut and pasted from a different show to fill right. time to put it. It's not even two hours. It's still like ten. It's like an hour fifty. So it's like you can add but, ten minutes to this, right? And that's why I wonder, like, was this you know? Because if you look at the Peacock version, it says like it's presented to you in its most uh, entirety. What is it? The uh, the best to the best, form. yeah, right. And it's it's kind of cut and kind of weird. So maybe like this match had like a whole twenty minutes probably missing from it, and it was recorded bad or something like that. So I'm that's my guess mm. on what happened and why they probably needed to fill with another match. But um, I think I they know. just didn't have faith that the ECW <laughs> audience would care about wrestling. <laughs> that's that's my guess. But who who am I to say? I think because like I said. Or like we both said, it, you know, eventually they get to a point where you get like all the luchadors and the Japanese wrestlers, and that becomes like yeah. their thing. But we're not we're not quite there yet. It's still uh, a work in progress. But I actually got scared during this match because uh, I thought this was the match when Taz broke his neck, and then mm. I was like, I was like looking for it, and I was like, oh no, wait, that was a match with like Tommy Dreamer or something, and 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 Malenko and stuff like that. So right, but it, I don't think it's very shortly after that that he breaks his neck in Florida. Mm. Damn, so everybody's stuff. breaking their necks and shit. Um, but yes, yeah, so Eddie Guerrero is the TV champion at this point, but you wouldn't really know yeah. it with how uh, <laughs> this match was showcased. But yeah. uh, from what we did get to see, there are some fun spots. I mean, he got a lot of good power bombs and suplexes by Scorpio and Taz, some top rope stuff. Um, Eddie gets in with the hot tag and just cleans house. You can just, it's so fun. Like, we're still very early in Eddie's career, but you can tell that the dude's a star even at this point but you see that at the time though hmm, how, how do i say this that's what i mean by the work rate stuff is like eddie's special eddie's like in my top three just fyi mm-hmm. but it's like i, I want to say there was a lot of guys who kind of had that kind of that that level of work rate Mm-hmm. So it's like he got lost in the shuffle at that time because you didn't really see how special he was until later on right. when he put the character work to it, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I think he's about to head to WCW at this point. So Yeah. And then the Cruiserweight division there gets established at some point. So that's kind of when he starts to build up his like his uh reputation, I guess. Right. Uh so we get like a doomsday drop kick from Taz and Eddie. And we get uh, on the other side of the ring, like almost at the same time, we get like a suplex into a crossbody from or from Scorpio and Dean. Uh, Scorpio with the moonsault. And at some point, everybody's just like taking turns diving to the outside. And then 911, his music plays. And this distracts Scorpio. And can we give, can we give the context of what, what it meant when 911's music played? Tell us. So so nine one ones. If I remember correctly, see see. I thought you knew. This is why I was throwing no, it to I believe, you. I believe I do. But now give me give me but your interpretation of it. it. It was basically shit was about to go down. Like the, they had sent nine one one to come end a match yeah. or something and 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 fuck up everybody in the ring. So nine one one was like the 
I don't want to say the innovator of the choke slam, but like he was using a choke slam, which was not very common at the time. Right. And so he'd come out and just, yeah, 911's music would hit. And it's basically Paul Heyman dialed 911, time to end this. He comes out, choke slam, end of match. So Taz gets understandably distracted of like, oh shit, 911's going to come out to beat my ass. Mm-hmm. Now think of, I, I probably the best way to say it is think three mar- minute warning in WWE. Yeah. When Eric Bischoff would say, did I just hear myself say three minutes? And then they'd come out and just fuck a motherfucker up. Like that was nine one one. Yeah. Yeah, nine one one. From what I've seen, I mean, he's very much. It's almost in some ways a precursor to Wardlow as well. Like it's like he's one move, yeah. but everybody he's so over. Like he's one of the most over dudes. So over, in the right? And that's that's why I wanted to call attention to it because like there is a reason why they hit nine one one's music there. Yeah. Because he was over like Rover at the time. I don't know if I've even seen him have a full-on match, but he's had several segments where he'll just <laughs> there'll be five jobbers in the ring and he'll just take turns choke slamming each one of them several right. times, and the crowd right. eats it up from start to finish. But uh, so nine one one, he's pretty much aligned with Taz and Paulie at this point. So he, he Paul, you know, he dials the phone, calls nine one one, but he doesn't actually come out. But his music distracts Scorpio, and this allows Taz to hit a half and half suplex on him for the win. So Taz and Eddie get the win, but uh, <laughs> Bill Alfonso's back. He uh, he's he's suggesting that Paul Paul Heyman he made an illegal call to nine one one, and uh, what the is, hell is an illegal call? It's like a call, but it's illegal. I mean, me calling my dad in prison when he's not supposed to be on the phone—that's an illegal call, right? That <laughs> right, right. What is an illegal call? Uh, Bill Alfonso, I mean, he, he dubbed it an illegal call. So um, I guess there's certain parts of the matches where you can make phone calls to wrestlers. Maybe he just it was outside of that boundary. Um, I would have to That's it. That's look be at it. the rule book. But, um, what rule book? It's ECW. It's probably a PDF somewhere. I'm sure you can find it on the dark web. Uh, speaking of dark web, Rob Feinstein's out here. and uh, <laughs> Great transition, by oh. the way. Yikes. So Rob Feinstein's here. Uh, of course, you know, the owner of RF Video, who's, I guess, you know, putting out because this, this isn't, isn't a pay-per-view. This is like right. a, a VHS. Right. This Because they keep mentioning ECW home video and stuff right. like that. It wouldn't be yeah. till like 97 until they started doing pay-per-views. But right. Um, so Rob Feinstein's out there for some reason. Him and Bill Alfonso were going back and forth. Can't really hear what's being said at all. Um, but this allows actually before this, so it's actually Paul Heyman and Bill Alfonso are going back and forth. Alfonso orders the match to be restarted, and then Scorpio and Dean attack from behind. Scorpio hits a super kick to Taz. Dean Malenko hits a Tiger power bomb to Eddie, and Bill Alfonso makes the pin. So they get like a, a fluky win just out of nowhere, and then. Uh, Rob Fein it cuts like, Rob Feinstein's in there all of a sudden, and then uh, Alfonso and Rob Feinstein. I, I forget exactly what even happened, but I know at one point Rob Feinstein just putting the boots to Paul Heyman, <laughs> and then now, now out comes nine one one, not just his music, and he gets in there, choke slams, old our old buddy RF, and <laughs> then uh, the crowd crowd is happy, so. Right, he got fucked. Yeah, he got fucked. He sure did. He sure did. <laughs> at, least, at least we got ROH out of it, right? Right. right. True. Well, speaking about getting fucked, 
I got I felt like I was getting fucked watching this next match. So we got the ECW World Heavyweight title is on the line. The champion, the Sandman, versus Axel Rotten. Whew. Man, Joey Styles is disgusted that Sandman is their champion. Yeah. Not happy. This the cigarette smoking, beer swelling. I guess that was the charm though, right? But it's it's funny that I've been because they used they use the clip so much that I was conditioned like the shot that they did of the Sandman during his entrance, I thought Steve Austin was gonna hit him in the back of the head and then start pounding on him. Because right. I'm so conditioned of that famous shot of him getting hit in, the, in his entrance yeah. that I expect it every, every time he comes out. Yeah. I mean, Sandman does... I mean, that's his whole thing, is his entrance. Um, another guy was like, if you don't have the real music behind it, it's like, why is this guy... Yeah. Who is he? Um, this crappy remake. Dun, dun, sh, dun, dun. I'm like, no, no. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um Horrible. It's a question. How, how familiar are you with the Rotten Brothers, Axel and Ian, the, Ian and their, their feud that they had? Pretty, pretty familiar with the, uh, the little match they had that was just brutal. The Taipei death match? Yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. I mean, the entirety of 95 up to this point, like every show would have some Axel versus Ian match and it'd be like a a barbed wire bat match, and then it'd be a Texas death match, and then they they culminated to uh, what was it, a hardcore heaven where it was the Taipei death match, in which where uh, they had their hands what taped and then put yep. in glue, and then they went inside broken glass. Yep, man, just one of the <laughs> uh, one of the bloodiest matches I've ever seen. Um, but throughout this, you know, all these matches, Axel has gotten a lot of respect from the audience and even me like because i've watched them all and i'm like man i kind of care about axel rotten (laughs) at this point um so i was kind of excited to see this match but then the match happened and um (laughs) so axel has a barbed wire bat sandman of course has a singapore cane so axel gets on the mic and he basically challenges him to a sword fight so i don't know we have a barbed wire bat versus a singapore cane i think the bat's gonna win every time I think so too. Uh, so Axel gets the upper hand. Of course he does. <laughs> Rakes the barbed wire all over Sandman's body. Uh, but eventually Sandman you know, parries one of his shots and grabs the bat himself. Uh, it's like we're watching, you know, sword. What's fencing? Fencing. It's like a fencing match we're watching here. And uh, at some point, Sandman unravels the barbed wire from the bat and just wraps it around Axel's face and throat. Like, Jesus Christ. I couldn't get into this match though. I don't know why. It's oh, like stuck. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's like I wanted to get into it, but then like I don't know if it was like Sandman wasn't selling the shots great or yeah. it just didn't click. Which lets you know that like just because it's a hardcore match doesn't mean it's good. No. No, not at all. Especially I mean yeah. we've seen so many like weapons already in this show and we got cage matches later. It's like I don't think anybody really thought Axel Rotten was going to win this match, but, um, but yeah, Sandman, like when he wanted to be good, he would like, there's one point in this match where he does like, and he's done this before he has a cane in his hand. Axel was on the outside of the ring. Sandman just leaps over the top rope with this cane and just smashes Axel on the outside. Like this dude has like some athleticism to him. Sandman does, yeah, but like absolutely. you said, this match is very plotting, uh, for the most part. 
Just, you know, hairs raking barbed wire over each other's bodies. That's pretty much what this, this match was. Uh, but woman is out there, of course. Uh, Nancy Sullivan with Sandman. Uh, she gets in there with a cane, hits Axel in the back. But uh, Axel eventually grabs the cane from her, clucks Sandman in the face with it several times. But then out of nowhere, Sandman just hits like a top rope famouser or something. Uh, a bitch and leg drop. <laughs> is that what it's called? Pretty sure. That's hilarious, and I love it. <laughs> but Joey, Sty- Joey Styles is cracking me up because he was putting it over like Sandman just fell like he slipped and fell off the top rope and just happened to land on like a drunk <laughs> <laughs> but he gets the win here Sandman does with that leg drop of sorts and uh, retains his, his coveted ECW title here what a match what a match what a match it really wasn't just, just not a good match <laughs> yeah it was um, it was cra- like the ECW title I mean, it just always gets thrown in in the middle of these shows. It's like yeah. it's like an afterthought. It really is. I mean, deservingly so, I guess. But um, even when Shane Douglas was a champion, it'd just be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Shane Douglas for Cactus Jack here in the middle. Who cares? Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. We'll get there eventually, though. <laughs> but now we're time. It's time to rage in the cage, everybody. So we have a uh, two more matches left, and they're both inside a salad steel cage. The first one, Stevie Richards. What what is this? TNA lockdown? Yeah, everybody, we're all locked down in the impact sound, everybody. (laughs) Stevie Richards is, uh, this this is not six sides of steel. This is very much a, I don't know, probably a six foot high steel. It's like a fence. cage dance. Yep, that's what they call it. (laughs) Stevie Richards versus Luna Vachon. The, uh, I guess, the first ever intergender steel cage match. Uh, I didn't, you know, research if that was true or not, but it sounded true to me. Uh, <laughs> Richards comes out. He's petrified of this cage. Uh, man, he just doesn't even want to eat. He like touches it. And he's like, Ugh. and it's Joey like, Styles is going in talking about like, you know, Stevie's not a man. Later, earlier in the show, he started talking about like, oh, he does like women. Like he's just going after, <laughs> like he's just going after Stevie Richards this entire show. Yeah, well, he's wearing silly <laughs> Daisy Dukes, so like. That means right. he's a lady. Great cheeks, though. Great cheeks. Yeah. That hair, though? Man. Mm. Power. Yeah. It was like a Farrah Fawcett hair on this oh, Steve Richards. Like some 1994 Tanya Harding hair going on Ooh, here. Come on now. Getting me all hot <laughs> and bothered here at Heatwave. <laughs> so this match. I see what you did there. It's the name of the pay-per-view. Meatwave. So we got me- this another, like, like what are we doing here? Like, the, the Luna and Stevie, the bell rings. Then we get, like, this Benny Hill bullshit where Stevie's like running in a circle away from Luna Vachon. Very hokey on Stevie Richards part. Yeah. Like that. When he bounces off the cage. Yeah. It's very, yeah. Luna's just kicking the shit out of him. But yeah. Hey, could we talk about like, I've had after the dark side, the ring episode, I think it was, Mm -hmm. I I liked Luna. Don't get me wrong. I had respect for her, but like, I have a whole new appreciation for Luna Vachon and just like what she's done in the wrestling business. Like you could tell she was like bringing it in this match. She was doing her best. To like be, you know, not not be thought of as like a woman versus a man, but thought of to be like right. an equal and to be beating the shit out of Stevie Richards properly. Like it's just she did a good job. Like this is a good match. It's actually a good match. Yeah. After and, all said and done, <laughs> like she's in there, she's bleeding. Like right, yeah. I mean, it's very obvious that she's a woman, but at no point are you like, well, this is ridiculous. Like she fit in 
like in this match like you, you you believe that she could beat up stevie richards here right and and, and mind you we're talking with 1995 glasses here yeah, like yeah we're not talking about current glasses like current perspective this is like how they were kind of showcasing the women in ecw the fact that they put luna vachon in a cage match you know and joey styles was hyping her up too you know so i mean they did it was a hell of a match I mean, we're, we're fresh off a of scene, two women in thongs and skirts and heels just exactly. rolling around and calling it a cat fight. And now we have a legitimate steel cage match with a woman. So, right. Some signs of progress here, I guess, in a way. Uh, but the one spot here that was crazy to me. So Richards goes to the top of the cage. Luna's like on the ground. Stevie jumps off the cage, lands on his feet. And Luna gets the boot up and you know, block and kicks Richards in the yeah. face. This reminded me of the uh, the Macho Man spot from was yeah. it Halloween Havoc or something, where event like ultimately like blew out his knee for like the rest of his career. And uh, I was like, man, that's a ballsy move to. Ju- I mean, I guess it's not probably not as high as the WCW one, but still, I'm mean, saying it's still jumping off. And I, I mean, I've been in rings. And I'm like, yeah. it, it put everything in perspective when walking into a ring. If if you're a wrestling fan at an independent show and you can step inside of a ring for two seconds, do it. Because it puts in perspective how risky a lot yeah. of the stuff is. It is not a trampoline. It is very much yeah. plywood with a little bit of padding. Right. And that top rope, what a lot of people don't realize, if you're an average size man, the top rope's maybe here on your face, here, here, somewhere in this vicinity. For some reason, the top rope looks like it's a lot lower. Yeah. But it's to tell you how high people are jumping and, and things like that, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try this at home, kids. Too late. Had nine surgeries in my left. What is it? Was very mysterious thing? I, I've had five surgeries in my left knee. <laughs> uh, but man, Stevie. So the carnage is, is just a plenty in this match. But ultimately, the finish comes with a testicular claw. Guess guess who won with that? Was not Hold on. Give me yep. a second. Yep. Carry the one. Luna, Luna beat Stevie Richards with it. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Joey Very Styles good. does put it over like crazy, but saying like, oh, he has balls. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, finally, we all know. Now, I know it's been the question on everybody's mind. Oh, wait, hold on. No, no, no. So, so the testicular claw, right, gets the finish, right? Right. Joey Styles says, man, that was nuts. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And here we go again. Now the Dudleys are back. Now the Pitbulls are back. It's, again, it's just this again. It's, that's what I'm saying. It was literally the freaking Stevie Richards Raven. It's this is the third time this has happened. Yeah, and then uh, so Luna like continues to beat down on Stevie for whatever reason, uh, but eventually Raven gets in the cage, locks himself in there with Luna and Stevie. I guess is still in there. Luna right. hits beating the shit out of the uh, the pit bulls. Like they're trying to climb in, and he keeps hitting the oh, cage yeah. wherever they are. So uh, at some point, Richards hits Luna. With a low blow. Right. Well, I don't know what the uh, the logistics are there. but um, I mean, it still hurts. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess. I wouldn't know. Um, but, you know, Richard hits the low blow. 
Uh, and then uh, this allows Raven to hit the Raven effect onto Luna. Oh, hold on, hold on, damn it. The Raven effect is a WWF move, sir. Wait, okay. Is e- I thought Even Flow was Tommy's DDT. I I'm pretty. I thought Even Flow was Ravens. You know what? We're gonna have to live. Google this. We're not because live, I pal. thought the whole thing was Even Flow. You might be right. DDT. You're right. You're, you might be right here. Even Flow. Even Flow. I know he, it was Even Flow in WCW. Just for the record, I know uh, that. Shit. But I, I think I think you are right. Right. God damn it. Well, uh, what about him? You know. That's what I always say. <laughs> He's underrated. Raven, I think, in the grand scheme of things, is such an underrated wrestler. Dude, I'm I'm watching some of his ROH stuff right now, and he's man, he he's is he the breadth of the stuff like, and the TNA stuff. Like, man, mm-hmm. this dude's done it all. Um, but th- then what happens is actually a pretty iconic moment in you know the history of ECW. So right. remember, everybody, there's a cage around the ring. Dreamer gets in the cage, locks himself in there. And uh, I think he even, like smashes the door on Raven's hand, breaks his fingers, smashes it against his face, and then Dreamer handcuffs Raven in like a like a crucifix position against the the cage wall. Someone, I don't know if someone from the crowd or what, or one of the pit bulls throws in like a steel pipe, and uh, Tommy low blows Raven with it, and then a chair's in the ring. Tommy Dreamer takes this chair and gives one of the most brutal chair shots to the head you'll ever see to the head of Raven. The crowd ate all of it. I mean, this felt like the culmination. I don't know if this is the end of their feud. I don't think it is. No, Maybe it is. no, because I don't think it ends till like Raven leaves for WCW in 97. Mm-hmm. But this was a pivotal moment in ECW. This was like a... Um, yeah, that's like a shot they would use for the rest of ECW's existence. Yeah, because then Tommy would then go in the crowd and you have the huge ECW chants. And it was very much like like an iconic moment for ECW. It was very big and establishing their identity uh, going forward. But yeah, it's it felt like a big moment. You know, the way Joey Styles put it over, everything. So uh, <laughs> the match itself was whatever. But I mean, the ending segment here I thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah, the chair shot heard around the world as it became known. Yes, until Jeff Hardy hit Brock Lesnar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, the cage is up. Might as well keep it up for the main event is a tag team match. We got uh, the Gangsters, the team of Mustafa or Mustafa and New Jack versus the public enemy, Johnny Grunge and Rocco Rock. Flyboy Rocco Rock, how dare you? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The uh I mean who do you think is the real OGs of these teams? Lottie Dotty Dotty, we likes to party. That's actually a really good point. I never really thought of it that way. Yeah. So um I think the public enemy is a, it's very underrated. As I, in like I love the public. I don't know what it is about them. I love the yeah, public enemy. But that's that's kind of what I mean, is like, you know, this is where I think we get and I'm talking about we as a general statement amongst the internet. Uh, we get to be WWE marks sometimes, and it's like, yeah, they had a shit WWF run, and they had shitty attitudes. Uh-huh. But, like, in ECW, they were the first to use tables. They were the, yeah. you know, they got the crowd going. Like, you would see people going, you know, remember, it's the 90s with the rap, the hands to the side to side. They would be, you know, getting the crowd all hype. They were doing these crazy moonsaults and things like that. So, like, I don't want anyone to think Public Enemy was a joke at the time. Like, they, I mean, they were. Don't get me wrong. Their whole gimmick yeah. was a joke. 
But what I mean is like they're not like jo- a joke in the the sense of like oh they're not important to ECW. They were a very big part of ECW's success. So I mean they were and you said it like right from the beginning like they were one of the biggest factors in like transitioning their image from Eastern to extreme. Like like you said they they introduced the tables and the weapons like they were the first guys to do that. So yeah, they were very pivotal. And uh, even at this point, I mean, the crowd, I mean, you see them waving their hands like everybody loves the public enemy. Um, and they're, I mean, they're decently. I mean, I don't want to say their like work rate is good or anything, but they're athletic dudes like they, they're moving right. around. There's like some oh, this match isn't a really good example, but generally there's like rhyme and reason to what they're doing. This match but, was hard to watch. Literally, yeah. like it was like a hard cam the whole time. And it was like uh, it, it was very hard to pay attention to what was going on. Well, there just wasn't anything happening. I mean, it was like this very because like so this match to, to set the scene here. It's essentially it's lethal lockdown. It's a cage with weapons right. set all around the the cage. You have billy clubs, baking sheets, chairs, bats, frying pans, a Snoop Dogg T-shirt. Yeah, the most devastating one of them all. Right. Uh, tables, of course, come into play here, and there's it's a bunch of weapons. I mean, this 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 match is literally like. The crowd will chant, uh, grab or use the chair, use the chair. And then a guy will grab a chair and use it. It's like that over and over again. Right. There's not, it's just guys hitting each other with weapons and bleeding a lot, which is they, they know their audience. I guess this is one of those things where if you watch this match on mute, you're like, this is, this is awful. But if you listen to it, like the crowd is into right. it. The atmosphere, the, the atmosphere is what you need to watch yeah. this match. <laughs> it's and you you know I love New Jack. I think everybody knows knows uh-huh. that one. New Jack's one of my favorites in terms of hardcore wrestlers, and um, it's like I feel like he didn't get to do much in this match, and he wasn't put on full display because New Jack could actually work. New mm-hmm. Jack was actually a really good worker, uh, and he's really good on the mic. But like I couldn't hear his fucking promo like at the beginning of the match. Uh, it was. I barely could hear it. And then I think, was it Johnny Grunge, like dump some water on his ass and something like he does something stupid to taunt him. And then it's like, this really, I think suffered from the quality of the show in the sense of like how pixelated and how it looked and Mm -hmm. audio issues, because I feel like this match was probably a lot better than I thought it was. I don't know, man. I mean, this is a rough, because it's just like there's no like peaks and valleys. There's no intro, then you know climax, and then finish. It's just like weapons, 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 finish. Although like there is the, <laughs> the spot at the end, it's fucking crazy. So what the the that thing spray? Yeah, no, before that, with the tables. Oh, okay, fair enough. The uh, <laughs> so you got uh, the <laughs> public enemy. They stack two tables, so one on top of the other. They uh, somehow maneuver New Jack so that he's laying on top of the top table. Rocco Ro- Flyboy, Rocco Rock, heads to the top of the cage, moonsaults off the top of the cage through New Jack, who is on these stacked tables. It like, almost looked like he was short a little bit, but both tables yeah. uh, were obliterated. And I mean, it but that's was... that's a public em- enemy's and mo like being short yeah. on the tables, but still just shattering them. <laughs> just pure girth. Um, and looked. I mean, it was awesome. Like I, that this is one of those things I, I rewound, and I spent most of the show wanting to fast forward it. So that's I did. <laughs> funny enough, I did too. I actually once I saw the finish to the match, I actually like rewound a couple seconds to watch that again. 
Yeah, it was incredible. Um, but yeah, so they, they they can't capitalize on it, Public Enemy, uh, because Johnny Grunge is busy checking on Rock to make sure he's all good. Uh, and this allows Mustafa, who was not on the table, he has, I guess it was spray, like paint spray or something. Mustafa Saeed is like, got some shit, and he's about to spray it in somebody's eyes. Sprays it in the eyes of uh, Johnny Grunge, rolls him up, and the gangsters get the win after all of that. So uh, Mustafa, New Jack, they're winners, but this feud is uh, not over. But uh, yeah, like I said, man, it was, it was it's weird. I don't, it's hard to say that it's boring because there's a lot of brutal stuff no, that happens in this match. It's just it's like just off. Yeah, I just wasn't invested in it for whatever reason. Um I think again, I think I think it was the quality, as in like just a hard cam. Right. It, it's you couldn't really tell what was going on in the ring. It, it, it actually actually makes me appreciate today's cage matches where you know you get the like, bird's eye view or you get a cameraman in the ring or mm-hmm. something like that. You know what I mean? Uh your categories, by the way. But it's <laughs> it's it, it just made me appreciate uh you know, the production value of even ECW in the next couple of years would go up drastically. Right. Yeah. And I think even in the, uh, the Luna Stevie Richards match, they had a guy in the, like right. in the ring, but with this, there's so much plunder everywhere. Like you can't right. <laughs> throw a cameraman yeah. in there. So I guess that's probably why, but yeah, to your point, it's very like, mo- it's like a monotone. If mono, if a match could be monotone, this is what it would be. Exactly. I think, and that's it. The lack of the lack of the camera moving and stuff made it just very, Vanilla. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, it was uh, alcohol-infused, STD-infused vanilla. It's really how I would describe this whole show, honestly. I mean, I'm looking yeah. through the card, because that, that kind of is a running theme here. Like, Mikey Whipwreck, Mike Norman. It's like, okay, these guys are doing stuff, and then the match ends. And then you have the various brawls with Raven, Stevie Richards, and Tommy Dreamer. And then you have the ECW title match of Sandman and Axel Rotten. It's just... That there's kinks that they need to work out ECW and this 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 show was one big kink I felt like but seemed like the ECW like the audience and attendance had a good time so they did and and I think like but you know we have the perspective of hindsight we're like you know this right, right, this right. was definitely a transitional show for them and it's very obvious but you know the crowd at the time was just like fuck yeah there's men grown men beating the shit out of each other this is awesome. Yeah. And Hack Myers. Ultimately, Hack Myers versus pa- Val Puccio uh, stole the show. Yeah. It wasn't again. even at the show. It stole the show for two shows in a row. Hopefully, it's <laughs> on the next show, too. You know, I actually looked at the, the card after this. I think it's Gangsta's yeah. Paradise, and it has fucking Rey Mysterio versus Psychosis. I was like, God, man, I wish I was watching that instead. But they probably cut that, you know? But, uh, right. <laughs> well, it wasn't Russell Palooza after this. It might be. Was that that? I think that might have. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> what happened at Wrestlepalooza? But look, okay, okay. We won't talk about Wrestlepalooza. Let me tell you why. Match number two. Val Puccio defeated t- uh, Tony Stetson. Will we will not talk about that match? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. The less big Val Puccio we get, the better. Oh man, I'm a big. I'm a big pooch guy myself but you love the pooch uh speaking of loving the pooch i got nothing so kenny (laughs) any other any other thoughts on uh meat wave 95 no no 
I, th- I thank you for letting me watch an ECW event. It's been a while since I've gotten to watch uh, one of the older ECW events. I'm usually watching the 98-99 match. I, I don't know, a little known fact. My favorite match is actually an ECW match, which is uh, RVD versus Jerry Lynn from Hardcore Heaven 99. Yeah. And so that's why I laugh if somebody online, you know, my social media at AKFYT Wrestling, when they call me like a WWE mark, I'm like, uh, I literally... My favorite match is an ECW match where it's like hardcore chairs and work and like right crazy spots and things like that. It's like Will Ospreay versus Ricochet on steroids. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. And yeah, ECW. They'd figure it out. They'd get to those cla- tons of classic matches eventually. Um. Being a classic, I mean, a Kenny for your thoughts, pretty classic to me. Uh, now it is. It's, it's you know. I know. It's archived. Any yeah. any plans to bring that back in the future? I think I, I, I'm kind of wanting to do something, but not necessarily the podcast again. Uh, I right. don't think, at, at least not with Brandon, because uh, what, what people don't know is Brandon ended up getting pregnant after the show with my child. Oh, congrats. And and yeah, so I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> found, you, found, you found the chocolate too, huh? <laughs> big, big Daddy Dudley was a big <laughs> influence in my life. And uh, no, no, I, you know, I, I definitely have my YouTube channel still running, things like that. But I think I'm going to kind of utilize it for different purposes. Um, so, if Kyle, if you want to start an OnlyFans with me, let me know. Mm, yeah, well, we already have our joint chatterbait. Um, so I got to see I, legally. Look, that's what we why we're do. wearing the same shirts. So. Yeah. I mean, the pandas are there as well. Right. Panda pandemonium back there. Yeah. I mean, that's what our it's called. Pandemonium. <laughs> Panda, uh, we, we I think we can get one more panda pun in before before we we call it quits here. Panda, pan, pan, span, span, uh, panda, pan man, pan, panda, fan. If you if you're still listening. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, thank you to Kenny from the Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast for joining me on today's episode. I think next time we're going to do a little ASMR episode where me and Kenny just talk about our feelings, talk about pandas, talk about being vaguely Asian, talk about who looks more like Wheeler Yuta, and talk about Shane Douglas's package. So... You ever just get lost at a thing? <laughs> you ever just forget what you're talking about mid-sentence? Uh, but yeah, go check Kenny out. All of his social medias in the description. Good follow on all the uh, all all of the MySpaces. So go check that out. And yeah, ApronBump.com for all my full episodes, all my merch. Uh, give the show a rating, if you please. If it's positive, if it's negative, shove it up your ass. Um... Yeah, five stars up your ass, and I'm out of here. So uh, that's all Daddy has for you today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I feel like I'm getting quieter as I talk. Uh, the softest part of the ring is a little sick today. I don't want to wake her, you know, on top of, you know, me being self-conscious about talking to myself. I don't want to wait. I mean, she's had, she's had food poisoning, violent diarrhea for hours. So, um <laughs> this is gonna be the one episode she listens to thank you guys so much for listening i'm hard yeah it's a hard, it's a hard.
walk around and disregard it. Strip you off the ground, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud, nothing can knock this. Let's get it started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Strip you off the ground, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud, nothing can knock this.